Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. So today we have a very special guest on the LinkedIn Smart Podcast, and I'm really happy, all the way from Canada, uh, Trevor Turnbull, and uh, he is, uh, in, his, in his headline at least, he's saying that he's empowering B2B consultants, coaches, and sales pro to learn perfect clients, clone their authentic voice, and scale sales, and he does all that on LinkedIn. Trevor, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much. Good to chat about this. I know we can probably go for hours, so we'll try and keep it tight. Offer <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> as much value as possible. Perfect. Trevor, can you just briefly introduce yourself? What do you do? Just uh, sure. introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So I've, I've been doing LinkedIn training essentially for about 10 years now. It's crazy to think that it's been that long, but back in 2010, I guess it was, I, I got the idea to start using LinkedIn. Actually, it was like 2009 when I started really proactively using it myself. And at that point, I was working with uh, an agency that was working with a professional football team. Um, football as in overhand football over in North America, not football as in known in uh, Europe. But they were asking about social media at the time and saying, Hey, I think we should be on this thing. And I was like, yeah, you should. And let me teach you. So I just kind of like threw myself into it and figured it out. So I used LinkedIn at that time to just proactively connect with people that were in the sports industry, both on the consultants side of things, as well as athletes and executives and everything else. And I saw the opportunity. I was like, Whoa, this is a game changer. Like all of a sudden, you know, the small city that I lived in, in the middle of Canada at the time, uh, just became much bigger. You know, it was, it was more than just a local networking event. All of a sudden I was connecting with people that were in Washington, DC that worked for the, the NHL team and New York that worked for the football team and stuff. And it was a game changer for me. So I actually registered a domain called linked influence that I had full intentions on creating a program around. And then just never got around to it about a year later. And I ended up, uh, uh, connecting with Lewis Howes, which some people might know who Lewis is. So he he ultimately ended up launching the LinkedIn Influence program back in like 2010, 2011, because uh, essentially he said, hey, can I buy the domain off you? And I said, nah, I'm not going to sell it, but I'll give it to you. And uh, let's just collaborate. Let's work together. So we ended up working together on a whole separate project around sports recruiting using LinkedIn uh, for personal branding and and network expansion and that type of thing. And you know, 10 years later, I've had a couple of different programs uh, around just teaching how to best leverage the tool. And then more recently, we uh, include a mentoring component and then also a, an accelerated done with you component as well, which is that, you know, supporting consultants and coaches in authentically cloning their voice. So without losing that personal touch that you can, that you, you just can't replace from the individual, you know, anybody sending a customized video message on LinkedIn, you can't replace that, but you can clone it. And we do that through virtual assistants and, you know, standard operating procedures and everything else. So awesome. that's the awesome. gist of what we do now. <laughs> Trevor, uh, I can hear that, uh, you know, you've been on a LinkedIn for years and years. Can you tell us how that platform has changed over the time? 
Well, you know what, like the way that we've been teaching how to use it and use it ourselves, it's changed a lot, as you know, and I'm sure everybody listening, because most people get super frustrated by the fact that LinkedIn changes so often. <laughs> um, the most notable one from years and years ago was just, you know, LinkedIn groups used to be huge, right? Like in, in 2000, 2013, I was running a group called the Sports Industry Network that had about there was about 12,000 members in there. So it was a good size. And within like six months, we had grown it to like 60,000. And then, you know, even to this day, there's probably 250,000 people in there and about, and here's the key though, there's like 60,000 people that are pending waiting to be let in there because we literally just left it behind because we realized that groups became obsolete and somewhat useless <laughs> about five years ago. Um, but there's still a big audience in there and who knows, maybe they'll resurrect it. But honestly, the biggest change that I've seen over time, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, is just the introduction of automation tools and everything made it really exciting for people to consider how they can just, you know, really expand and, and quote unquote scale what they were doing on LinkedIn. And unfortunately, it's kind of like all marketing. Once it gets uh, a little bit catchy and a, and a couple of big names start saying, hey, you should be on LinkedIn. You know, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, marketers ruin everything. So we're kind of, I find we're back to the, to the place. And what I like to talk about is, you know, what used to work with business prospecting 15 years ago when this stuff didn't exist, it still works. You know, the, the value of a handshake and a personal relationship, that's how business is done. So really the way that we've shifted in teaching what we do is to allow people to figure out how to do that in an online environment. And of course, you know, the craziness that's going on in the world right now has, it's, it's actually caused a lot of really good things, uh, like people really leaning in and starting to learn the technology and learn how to record a video. I know you're big on uh, video marketing. I was not a big proponent to uh, doing any kind of content marketing or video up, but up until about six months ago, but we're all in on that. And we spent a lot of time teaching people how to do it themselves, which is usually overcoming the fear of just being on camera. <laughs> That's step one. But uh, so effective though. It just, it just allows the person that might become your client to go down their own buyer's journey before they ever even talk to you. So critical components. And I'd love to dive deeper into that because I know you and I can talk about that, I'm sure, for a while. That's, uh, that's music to my ears, to be honest, Trevor. Um, I wanted to ask you, because um, you've seen, you've seen uh, uh, so many changes over the years on, uh, on a LinkedIn, and, and you are talking about, about very specific strategies to your clients, to your customers. What are the latest strategies they work? As you mentioned, you know, digital marketers or marketers, they ruin the platform, but I hope <laughs> there is still something left behind that we can do um, as a business owners. What are the strategies they work on LinkedIn? Yeah, well, to give some context uh, around what we're finding is working now, let me just speak a little bit to what we were doing before, just from a messaging standpoint. So we, we would typically take one of two approaches. So, you know, everybody knows that LinkedIn is a massive database of information where people fill out their, their profile, their title, their, their, you know, industry, that type of thing. It makes it easy to find them. That's why it's such a powerful platform. 
So we had always leveraged LinkedIn by finding that target audience and then taking one of two paths. One is to just go like a survey type of an approach, which is really geared around uh, just getting conversations started, allowing you to pull information from people around their biggest challenges, and then letting your audience and your offer be tailored based on that. It's kind of like, tell me where you're struggling. Okay, that sounds like the biggest pain point. What if I created a solution around that? Would you be interested? And that was the approach, right? Um, the opposite side, of course, is you know direct selling, right? It's like straight, you get connected and you send them directly to like a pitch deck with a short video, and you say, hey, I think I can help you and this is how. Both of those are kind of on the extremes of like one's very passive, just kind of all about engagement, and the other one's very kind of in your face, salesy. And we found that, you know, three months ago when the whole coronavirus thing hits and just everything else that's happened with the economy, that both of them kind of became mute, you know? People weren't really responding to either because one was kind of like too fluffy and one was insensitive, quite frankly, you know? So I ended up coming up with this method called the LinkedIn linchpin method. And really what, really what the, the context of it is, is it was inspired by uh, Seth Godin's book, Linchpin, Are You Indispensable? And he talks about sharing your gifts unapologetically. That's kind of the core of the message of the book, right? So I was thinking like, that's kind of what we're telling people to do in our programs here too, is like, you know, you want to make the pitch but we have to do it in a way that actually resonates so that people will hear it so that they'll feel heard. So it was almost like combining this like survey type method with a more salesy type of an approach to be able to include just some core elements in, in your outreach and ideally doing it by video. Like we're, I'm a strong proponent of people just getting on video and allowing their personality to come through. And those um, components of like doing that outreach uh, were broken down based on, um, a vulnerability. So be a human being. I know it sounds really strange to say that out loud, but that's been lost on people, I think, in the marketing world, because we're all looking for the next scalable automation tool where you go click and clients just line up at your door. And let's be honest, like it just doesn't exist. It's not real. You know, um, it's a pipe dream. So by being a human being and showing that you're actually, you know, empathetic towards that person's current reality, whatever that might be, which for everybody, it's changed, you know, work at home situation and social distancing and everything else. And then of course, gratitude for the gifts that you actually have. If you have expertise and you've been doing what you do for years and years and years, you should be sharing that with your potential prospects if you truly believe you can help them. Knowing that some people are going to push back and say, how dare you reach out to me during this pandemic? And others will go, thank God you reached out to me. I need your help. There's always the polarizing opposites. And I find a lot of times what stops people is fear. It's just fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, you know, fear of being judged about what people are going to say about how you look on camera. I'm sure you see this all the time, right? Um, and then of course, having a clear call to action and the call to action components, you know, it's evolved over the last couple of months, but what I've found works really well is if you can, uh, compile your, uh, your unique process, your system, your methodology, whatever you want to refer to it as into a guide, which is just a Google doc, right. And have that framed around what are the biggest pain points and challenges that your target audience has 
Why do they need to address them right now? What is your solution and how can you help them? If you just structure a document like that, it becomes a really valuable piece. I call it a massive value painkiller. It's something that you need to put in front of your audience to tell them how you can help them. And then it just becomes a, you know, do the work kind of a game, you know, do the outreach, make sure you're consistent, follow up and rinse and repeat. That's kind of the name of the game in sales, right? It's like be persistent uh, without being annoying. <laughs> so it was yeah. a fine line there. No, I really like what you said, uh, sharing your value unapologetically. I, I think it's, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, and uh, I've been following following your your um, things what you sharing on the social media, and then I really like that, and I really resonate with that because I think uh, it makes a lot of sense that uh, you know we need to give a value, but on the other hand, we cannot just sit in a corner and wait for the clients to come back to us and say, oh, you know what, like I like your stuff. Um, you need to find that balance, you know, not to be salesy, but on the other hand, you need to be unapologetic about your value which yeah. you're sharing. So I like that. I really like that. Uh, so obviously, uh, whenever we talk to some business owners and entrepreneurs, they always say, okay, so show me some kind of example. You know, how does it work, you know, with someone else? Do you have any, like a really bright example of somebody who really made it with this LinkedIn linchpin method? Yeah, well, the document itself, one of the brilliant parts about creating a guide like this as a Google Doc is that you can constantly be updating it. It doesn't have to be this like finish it, turn it into a PDF, send it out. And then now if you ever make any updates, it's obsolete. You got to send them a new one, right? So I've been consolidating uh, examples of this linchpin method with regards to like the kind of videos people are creating and the guides that they're creating to support that and just how they're driving traffic and getting comments and building a, a qualified lead list. So there's a number of them in there. There's like 40 or so that I have actually documented right now. Um, but a couple that stand out more than anything, there's actually one of our clients who, he does something very similar to us actually in supporting financial advisors to be able to generate um, you know, warm prospects and become the trusted advisor that those clients actually need. So he's implemented this and he's only implemented like half of it so far. So he's still got a lot to do. He actually just recently became uh, a client. So we're supporting him on this, but really, you know, it's generating conversations with his target audience that previously they were ignoring him, you know? And I know just the other day, he just landed a client at like 2,800 us a month uh, to support that person in going and, and getting in front of the right people and generating conversations. And that's an example of a, a niche that, you know, there's a lot of financial advisors, just like there's a lot of realtors out there that, uh, that are broke, <laughs> quite frankly, you know, they, they just, they don't have successful businesses. And then there's a small percentage that are really successful. And what this is doing, I believe, is bridging that opportunity of like the ones that have all of the, the clients and the wealth right now, they've got a real advantage. So in order for you to break into that, you need some way to stand out. And this is where it goes back to, you know, the thing that I'm really hammering on right now. Like in 2003, when I first got done university, I got a marketing degree and I went straight into sales. You know, my manager at the time, he threw a phone book on my desk and said, here you go, kid, best of luck, right? And I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. And I would go to networking events and I would shake hands and you know, everything that we sold at that time is all based on frequency and reach right? Billboards and signage and radio ads and TV and that type of thing. 
And the same thing exists today. And I think by talking about it that way, people can, can wrap their heads around like, oh, I just need to be consistent. I got to constantly be frequently be putting my message in front of the right people and showing up with value first. So, you know, that's one example. Uh, we've got another client too, who has a method that he calls the four keys method. And it's really based around, let me see if I can remember it. It's, it's four keys. It's like relationships, mindset, body, or yeah, physical, like body and, uh, and business, right? The four keys to, to ultimate success. He's written a book on the topic. He's done a lot of content publishing around it. And he's now implemented this method, which is literally like record a video, publish it as a LinkedIn post, offer up a guide, which is all it is, is just a like consolidation of his book and a bunch of videos that he's done around the topic. Just a new format, a new way to deliver it. And now we're just driving traffic to that LinkedIn post to get the engagement so that we can start to lead score, right? Because at the end of the day, what this all comes down to is time is our most valuable and limited asset. So everybody that learns like what you teach, what I teach, they're like, that makes a lot of sense. And then they go, how am I going to find the time to do that? And should, should I do that or should I do this? And like, I know I should hire somebody else to do that, but I don't have the money to do it. It's a, it's a vicious circle, right? So I think the biggest thing that I'm trying to hammer home to people is like, if you are going to spend your time on proactive prospecting using LinkedIn, you should be doing it with the people that are most interested in what you have to say, which means that you have to track who's connecting with you, who's responding to you, who's commenting on your stuff, who deserves, who should you spend your time in creating a custom video via Loom or something to reach out directly and create your short list and then make it a routine on a daily basis. If people just do that consistently, now they can know peace, they can have peace of mind to know that what they're doing is the highest value things possible. It's that $10,000 an hour tasks versus the $10 an hour tasks that a lot of us get trapped and caught up in. Because <laughs> a lot of times they're much easier to just go and do that stuff, but it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't necessarily land you clients. And I'm sure you see this all the time too, even with video marketing, because it's easy to flip on the camera but then we spend a whole bunch of time trying to do the design and the video editing and all that kind of stuff when there's super talented people all around the world that could do that for you for $10. So that's what I'm committed to helping people with is where do you put your time? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just wondering, you know, um, you've been creating a lot of videos for your clients uh, or with the clients as well. Mm -hmm. Um, how can you get them in front of the camera? Sometimes it's so difficult, you know, especially for people who are not having these experiences. Maybe the whole COVID situation will help a little bit because we see each, you know, we see ourselves yeah. on, on these Zoom calls and all that. So, so perhaps we get a little bit more accustomed to, to seeing ourselves on the videos. But I found it, I'm, I'm a TV producer for the last 20 years and I found it always very, very, very difficult to get people in front of the camera. How do you do that? Yeah, yeah no, there's no doubt that... Um one of the blessings that's come out of this COVID situation is the fact that, you know, Zoom went from 10 million to 300 million users within a month, right? Like my dad invited me to Zoom. I was like, whoa, this world is changing. You know, I used to struggle to just get them on a video call so they could see their grandkids. But th that's a huge one that's obviously shifted people. But the other thing is kind of what I just got done explaining, which is like, if you can't, 
you have to be able to communicate to people the why. You know, like, why should I do this? How is this going to actually move the needle to get me closer to what I desire? And if people can, you know, really ground themselves in that and say, oh, if I get comfortable on video and either publish it as content on LinkedIn or just use it as a means to be able to get directly in touch with people, it's going to connect better. It's going to resonate better. It will result in increased engagement, increased follow-up, that type of thing. Now, all of a sudden, uh, some of those fears start to subside a little bit because they can see the why and the possibilities. And then quite frankly, on the, on the next part uh, of like how to actually take the steps to go and do it, you know, I created a, a sales and money mindset mastermind with uh, the mindset mentor that I have in my program. Her name's Danielle Grant, because we realized that I can teach strategy all day till I'm blue in the face. Like I've been doing this for 10 years, just like you, like we, we know what we're doing. We're good at it and we can teach people how to do it. But if we can't get them out of their own way and realize that their limiting beliefs and their fears of judgment and all that kind of stuff is what's stopping them, then they won't do it. They just straight up won't do it. So we started offering this free mastermind as a means to support people to become the greater version of themselves. You know, I'm not even sure if we're going to be doing this podcast on video or if it's just an audio component, but um, we created a guide, the enrollment guide to your greater self that has nothing to do with LinkedIn. <laughs> it has nothing to do with video production. It literally just has to do with the way that we think our beliefs, because if we can shift those, it gives us the confidence to actually go ahead and do all of the technical things that we need to do to make this work. Cause we all want the desired outcome. We all want more clients. You know, we just gotta, we gotta lean in and do the hard work first. It's actually very interesting what you, what you just shared because a um, friend of mine, she's a coach. We know each other for like, I don't know, six years, seven years, something like that. And um, you know, since day one, I'm talking to her, you need to do videos because the videos will help you. And um, only after about like, uh, I don't know, six years, really, like a se we, we know each other seven years, six years yeah. after, after I've been talking to her, she finally managed to actually start doing videos for herself. And when I asked her what, what changed, she said, well, I was always scared that I look fat on, on a video. And that was the main fear. So the, the, that was not the understanding. There was not problem of understanding. She knew she is intelligent person. She knew that she needs videos. The blog was yeah. somewhere else. So, so it's fantastic what you do that you actually work with the people on their mindset, because I think really that's the biggest block of what, what people have uh, standing in front of the camera, fear of rejection, fear of, you know, how people will react to the videos and things like that. It's, um, yeah. that's definitely very interesting, interesting topic. Yeah, well, you and I are both old enough to remember before video existed, and and like, do you remember when you first recorded yourself with a with a videotape or with a like a tape recorder, a cassette recorder, and I'm, you listen I'm, back on your voice? Yeah, right. You're like, that is not what I sound like, and oh my gosh, I sound like. I think about that because sometimes we forget, you know, that I threw myself into this space ten years ago, and one of the very first things that I did when I started doing the social media stuff with the professional football team was I looked around and I saw people doing webinars and I was like, I think we should do a webinar. We should tell the world about what we're doing. So I reached out to this lady that was a consultant um, on, on the uh, personal branding side, essentially she'd go in and work with like college sports teams and help them with like 
here's how to present yourself in front of the media. So she was a topic expert at communication, right? And I reached out to her. It was actually by Twitter. And I was like, hey, this is what we're doing with this football team. I'd love to bring you on a webinar with me where we can talk about this and what you're seeing in the market. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And it just like blew my mind. I was like, whoa, I can connect with people all around the world. And then I thought, oh man, I got to go do a webinar now. Like I just told her we were going to do a webinar, right? So I kind of threw myself into it. And, and like, you know, people forget or at least I, I'm constantly trying to remind them, like that first webinar was horrible for me, you know, or at least in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I sound terrible and I look terrible. And it's taken repetition and just continuously doing this over and over again to get better. Where now like you and I are talking as though we're at a coffee shop and just hanging out, right? It's just natural now. This is what we do. So you just got to do it. You just got to lean in and do it. And one other thing that I'll mention too, because he, he kind of alluded to it is anybody that's a consultant or a coach, especially in the business space, like if you're branding yourself as like a leadership coach, just go do a search on LinkedIn for that. There's like 40,000 leadership coaches around the world that actually define, like have those keywords, leadership coach. How are you going to stand out? That's, that's the thing I always ask people is like, how are you going to stand out? Well, I have 20 years of experience. Yeah, you and, okay, let's narrow it down. You and 12,000 other people have 20 years experience. How are you going to stand out in that crowd? It's a major aha moment for people to go, oh, I guess I do need to worry about my authentic voice and my personal brand and how I can stand out and create personal connection with people using video. That's when it sinks for people where they're like, the world has changed. We have to market ourselves differently. You can't do what, what we used to do. You have to embrace these technologies. You got to soak up the wisdom that you're sharing around video marketing because it's, it's critical. And quite frankly, it works. It works really, really well. I, I can personally attest to it because I did not believe in it six months ago. Straight up. Wouldn't teach it to people. I was just like, nope prospecting, just proactive outreach, forget about content marketing and video and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's fluffy, doesn't really move the needle. And then uh, my mindset mentor um, shifted my thoughts on that. And she's like, you're telling people to go and do this stuff and you're not doing it yourself. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll experiment with it. And I went through the usual ups and downs where when I first started producing video content, nobody was liking it. Nobody was commenting on it. I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. See, I just proved my point. And then all of a sudden I got on a sales call and somebody said, yeah, I saw that video that you published on LinkedIn talking about that three call sales process. And I just stepped into a new role as VP of marketing and sales. And I think you can help me. And it was just like instantly I was like, oh, my perfect clients are not social. They don't like comment and share. They just consume. And then they end up on a call with me and they give me the validation that what I did was working. And that was where I was like, I just got to show up. That's the key. I just got to keep showing up. Uh, it's um, again, I just can't say that it's music to my ears, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, well, that's ultimately, that's ultimately why when I saw what you were doing and you said, Hey, let's do this podcast. I was like, yes, because people need to know this stuff, like how important it is for them to, to start doing video marketing, to start getting support by people like you uh, because it is the, the difference between their business thriving and literally or like, or literally like being done. Like there's a lot of coaches and consultants out there that will not be in business in the next six months if they don't mm. shift. 
Yeah, very true, very true. I do have one one thing which uh, normally when I when I do do give some some talks on on a video and video marketing, I I always uh, tease the audience with one question, and that is, you know, how many of you have seen a business related video in the past month? And you know, pretty much all the hands uh, goes up, and then and then I ask, okay, how many of you created business related video for your business in the past month? And then you know, there's just few hands in in uh, in a room, and I said, you see, you consuming videos, but you're actually not creating videos. So there is a big window of opportunity which you still have, you know, to step into it and be the voice of that industry, step into that space which is there for you, because that window is closing very fast, and um, you know, people will realize that that actually video is extremely important, and uh, people will start making videos not just on LinkedIn, but of course, um, you know, everywhere else. Yeah. Well, and the thing that stops people straight up is imposter syndrome. And if nobody, if somebody's never heard of that term, it's, it's literally the, who am I to be that person that's on stage being the quote unquote thought leader, you know? And, and like, let's not sugarcoat it. Like I have those thoughts constantly too. I'm like, who am I? Like my, again, Danielle, the other day, we're working on a mastermind, like a a high level mastermind for people that we want to partner with. And instantly I was like, yeah, but you know, like, I'm not sure if these people will want what we want. She's like, where are you going with that? And I was like, well, it's just, and she's like, you realize what you're doing. Like you are, you are looking at your 15 years of experience where you are really good at what you do and you're telling yourself that you're not. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and that's why I say like, I I'm very transparent about saying to people that, I don't have all this stuff figured out, but I'm willing to lean into the areas that I realize that I'm holding myself back. And cause everybody's in the same boat and we don't, we don't have to aspire to be the person standing on stage, speaking to other industry experts as the expert of experts. We can be a big fish in a small pond too. you know, be an expert around a particular topic in your local market that can support the kind of clients that are, you know, within a, a hundred kilometers of yours, the internet has caused us to think that we need to get clients globally. When the truth is, is that you've got more than enough opportunities in your local market. Why are you trying to become the global leader on your topic? Just become the local leader on your topic and be the big fish in the small pond. You'll probably have way more success faster. If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. Trevor, I wanted to ask you some uh, few more practical questions around LinkedIn because you spend a long time uh, or a lot of time on LinkedIn. I wanted to ask you, how often do you personally post and do you see relevancy towards your business? Is it, is it uh, you know, direct correlation with, uh, with the business you're getting from LinkedIn? Yeah, so from a LinkedIn post perspective, we, we put up at least one, sometimes two posts a day. And it's always at least one video, sometimes two videos, but a lot of times one video and then something else, whether it's a, just a, an engaging question or a quote graphic or a share of some other type. But we've honestly just created that routine because we wanted to have some kind of standardization of consistency, right? 
I can't speak to the fact of whether or not that is more effective than doing it three times a day or five times a day or once every three days. All I know is that what we decided to do was we had to dial in our content production first to get it to the point where like, can we create one video a day without me having to actually like do the video every day? Um, because I wanted to make it realistic. So what I do now is I, I create content essentially in batches because I'll do a group coaching program and then we're able to extract like three or four or five clips from that. And now I've got a week's worth of content every single day. There's something getting published. And what we've done as well is now that we've dialed in that like content production side of things, we have all these outputted pieces. Now it needs to get posted and it needs to have copy that, that complements it. And we need to monitor the comments and we need to document them so that we know who to follow up with. And we've been building out that system for the last, well, six months, but really just the last like two, three months uh, to make sure that I'm removed from the process. All I do is I show up and I coach and I, and I support and I train. And then my team extracts all the pieces and make sure that things go up. So every morning when I log into LinkedIn, I look and I go, oh, there's another video that posted on my profile today. But it's because we've designed it that way. We've created a machine. We call it actually the ABC machine. It's the authority building content machine. There's a lot of pieces to that, obviously, but that's what we should all aspire to. At its very simplest though, you know, I have a little sticky note on my computer that just simply says create which means block off 30 minutes every day and create some piece of content. And the easiest thing to do with that is think about that thing during the day where, where you, where you're thinking to yourself, how do people not know this? Like I have so much expertise to share. Wow. That was a really great example of this thing that I like to teach. You need to flip that camera on and talk about it and publish it and just do it in the moment. So I don't know if that directly answers the question, but you know, the, the best answer is like post as frequently as you can, knowing that uh, people are consuming in the newsfeed at different times. And then the other piece I would say too, is that if you're just publishing content that just shows up in the newsfeed on LinkedIn, it's just like Facebook, like eventually it just drops off and you lose it, right? So at least once a week, I'll take the best piece of content that I had and I will drive my email list to it. So I'll write a quick email and I'll say, hey, I published this video this week and I think you really need to see it. I'm talking about this challenge that you may be facing and here's the solution, link to the LinkedIn post. That drives a different additional traffic, it generates more views, creates more engagement and it just overall boosts everything that I'm doing on LinkedIn. So you gotta combine efforts on different platforms. That's another key component. Uh, awesome, awesome. I do like what, what you mentioned also about, about the, creating the content in batches and repurposing the content through different, uh, different streams. Um, I do very, very similar things, you know, recording these, uh, these videos for my LinkedIn uh, smart podcast. On the other hand, just ripping and actually chopping it down to, you know, just one question and one answer. And then, you know, yeah. reposting these bits, you know, video snippets on, on, um, uh, on the LinkedIn and other social media and then creating the whole podcast just by basically the ripping the audio and, and creating that as a, as a podcast. So I think we need to really be smart yeah. about creating the content because obviously, you know, we see Gary Vee and, um, and all these, all these great, uh, you know, marketers who are just putting the content out there, you know, in, in a bunches. And then you think, you know, oh my God, like how can, how can he do that? Like, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he's got a team, right? He's got a budget and he's got a team. But that's honestly one of the most brilliant things about doing a podcast like what you're doing. And and I know there's a lot of, like I just interviewed a guy the other day. His name's Steve Gordon from um, mm-hmm. Unstoppable CEO. And they do that as a service. And there's lots of services out there to help people produce podcasts. Not only the technical side, but just how do I come up with ideas? How do I get guests? How do I get them to show up? Um, what do I do with the content afterwards? You already kind of mentioned like chop each question up into an individual one. There's like, you've asked what, five, six questions. There's six content pieces in what we've already talked about. Then you can repurpose the audio with a graphic and a little dancing audio line. And now you got six more different types, right? It happens really fast. If you just have the system to know how to do this, And quite honestly, like anybody that's listening to this, that's um, a consultant or a coach that's not super tech savvy and they're listening to this, but they're like, I need to do that. I'm going to go figure it out. Please do not try and do this yourself. It is the worst possible thing that you can do. Don't try and become an expert at the thing that you're not an expert at. Hire the experts, get out of the way, allow your core genius to come through. And you know, that's not a pitch to say, hire me or hire you. But quite frankly, it is like we've spent, I don't know how long you've been doing what you do, but you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in 15 years. So leverage that expertise of what not to do (laughs) so that you could focus on what you're really good at. That's, that's the key. That's something that I find a lot of solopreneur types struggle with. They think they need to learn and be experts at everything. And it's a recipe for failure. We can't multitask like that. We're just not set up to do that as human beings. It doesn't work. Yes, that's uh, that's absolutely absolutely true. Trevor, I, I want to I want to ask you because uh, again, you're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, how much time do you spend on a LinkedIn on a daily basis? Yeah, so I've built a team around me, so it's very little for me, obviously, right? But whenever I'm working with clients that are trying to figure out where their time is best served and working towards cloning their authentic voice and removing themselves from the process involving a campaign manager slash virtual assistant. The, the thing that I always tell people is that once you have the foundation set up, which is the profile, you know, clearly communicating who you serve, how you serve them, why they should trust you, how they can find out more. Right. And then identify the target audience and have some scripts that you can use for different scenarios You want to spend 30 minutes to an hour per day on LinkedIn, especially when you first get started, because that'll allow you to uh, do enough volume to be able to get feedback to see like what's working, what's not, what kind of responses am I getting? How do I need to pivot and shift? And then the whole goal should be to remove yourself from the process. You'll eventually get to the point where, okay, I think this is my audience. And if I reach out to them, X amount of them will accept my connection request. And then if I send this message, like perhaps driving to some video on LinkedIn, like the linchpin method that I mentioned, you'll know the response rate. You'll know how many people typically reply, what they say. And all of those are just part of a standard operating procedure to remove yourself in the process. So, you know, in summary right now, what I do is I spend 15 minutes a day on LinkedIn because I have a team that's spending upwards of collectively like two to three hours a day on LinkedIn. They're doing it for me, but they're doing it with the understanding of what would I do? How would I answer that question? You know, what kind of engagement would I do on other people's stuff? And I have people that can do this for me now. 
it's the ultimate. That's why I've built the program that we have, which is to help others clone their authentic voice as well, because there's nothing better than waking up and seeing a video published and seeing a whole bunch of messages going out and a bunch of responses and a call booked where somebody has been in an engaged back and forth conversation with me for two weeks. And now they're on a sales call with me later today. And I haven't been involved in any of it up until this point. Like that's a really empowering place to be, but it's still very authentic because they're answering as me based on the feedback that I'm giving. Um, yeah. What about, um, uh, the, the business owner, like a standard, standard to imagine, standard business owner, entrepreneur who's starting, starting with LinkedIn. They, they, they would like to be on LinkedIn. They, they've heard that LinkedIn is a good platform to actually drive business from. What would you advise to them? How, how they should start? Obviously, they could hire you and, uh, or you can, you can do it for them. But uh, probably yeah. before that, they would, they would try to figure it out at least a little bit by themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I always tell people again, coming back to like, where is your time best served? Your time is not best served in trying to go and find new people to connect with and then start message sequencing based on a, a standard kind of cadence because of that, those, those extra hurdles you got to run into, right? It's like, you got to go find them. You got to send a connection request. They got to accept it. Now you can message them. Don't start there. Start with the existing network that you have. And if you even go more granular, when was the last time that you reached out to a past or even a current client using LinkedIn? Just, just as a means to kind of warm you up. Flip on uh, Loom, which is a, a, just one example of a video tool where you can be on screen, even share your uh, desktop in the background and just do a personalized video to a past client or a current client. Just to kind of wet your whistle on like, how does this thing work, right? people are constantly amazed at, at the responses that they get where it's like, Oh, Dave, that, that was really cool. That video you sent me. And all of a sudden they're back into a, a conversation. They might, that person might look at their profile and go, Oh, I didn't realize that you just got certified in X and that you're working with so-and-so I actually know them quite like, this is how these things start. And that's where people need to start is just like jump in. Don't try and create a big scalable LinkedIn lead generation solution go deep first, just connect with people, create custom videos, get used to the platform. Um, and I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised at the kind of feedback that you'll get. Low hanging fruits, low hanging fruits. Low hanging fruits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I really like that word, what you've mentioned, because what I do very often, and I do it with, with all my proposals, actually, uh, whenever there's a proposal and I'm sending the proposal, I send a video with it and you would be yeah. surprised. I increased, you know, our company's proposal conversion ratio went up by 35% just because of this, just because of yeah. suddenly you are talking to, uh, to a business owner or to somebody on the other side, they see your face, they, they, you know, they see how you behave. They, they, they kind of like connect with you on a much more personal level than ever before. And then if you're just sending PDF, I mean, come on, like, um, and this yeah, video, yeah. It, as you mentioned, you know, Loom or I use actually Wistia, Soapbox from Wistia. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can you can do it. It's it's just you know it takes you three minutes, four minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's it, we a lot of times we think that well you know once you get past the fear of doing it, there's the like, well, is it gonna? Everybody's doing that now. Like, no, they're not. They're not. Like, I'm constantly because I'm still reminding myself all the time. I'll get a response. Just uh, you know ended up working with a client where we did a, a half day workshop with their sales team. 
And all I did was follow up with a video message and he got back to me and he's like, wow, this is really cool. Can you teach our sales guys how to do this? And I was like, yes, absolutely I can. Deal, done, right? Like we think that what we're doing is kind of old hat. Like it's, it's already been done, we're late to the game. You're not, like jump on this thing. And the most important thing though is just when you flip that camera on the first time, like even if you have to stick a picture of your wife or your husband or your colleague or whatever beside the camera and just have a conversation. That's why I outlined the Lynchman method the way that I did. Be vulnerable, show up like a human being. Cause we forget about this. We think like I need to be a robot marketer. Like no, be a human being, empathize with that person's current reality. Tell them the solution that you have confidently, unapologetically, have a clear call to action and you will find that people will resonate with it. They'll appreciate it. They'll, they'll want to do business with you because they can they connect with you. Just like it used to be when we would go to networking events and hopefully one day soon, we will get to do that again. But in the meantime, um, don't sit around waiting for the networking events to open up to land business because we'll be out of business. I'm sure we're gonna get back to it one day, definitely. Trevor, I wanted to ask you, have you ever had any really interesting, funny, humorous experience on LinkedIn? Oh, geez. I can't think of anything in particular, but there, there's always like some, some interesting messaging that comes through. There's actually one guy who's in my inbox like every three days. I don't know if it's an automation tool or what, but he's constantly telling me Happy New Year every like every three four days so obviously he set up a tool that he forgot about and it just keeps messaging i'm sure he hasn't logged into the platform for a while but you know that's just another important lesson of like why i'm a big proponent to not using those automation tools they just uh you know that's an extreme example happy new year for you know 120 days a year but that's you know i'll get a, a handful of those types of messages throughout the year as well uh, usually social media are kind of a place where people uh, express their opinion and sometimes they are very open. Sometimes they can be very hurtful as well. I know that LinkedIn is not really that platform, uh, but did you ever had some kind of awkward experience on LinkedIn? Yeah, for sure. That's one of the things that I put inside the LinkedIn Lynchpin method guidebook that I created too was the idea that when you do proactively market your business and whether it's using LinkedIn or running ads or anything like that, you're always going to come across people that will have their own opinions, that will have certain circumstances happening in their life that have nothing to do with you, but they will project it onto you. And if you allow that to like sink and become a part of your reality, it sends you in a spiral of like self doubt and, and you know, should I even be doing that? Am I a spammer? Like, and quite frankly, the biggest thing that really sunk home for me is like, if you are genuinely showing up with the intent on serving and helping people, what do you have to be ashamed of by trying to get that message in front of people unapologetically? If somebody projects their own opinion onto you, which people are filled with a lot of opinions nowadays, like it's, it's a crazy world that we have to realize that's, that's them. That's, that's on them. That's their current reality. That has nothing to do with you. Uh, I just had this conversation with my wife yesterday, you know, cause we're, we're constantly working on this as well. She, she works with a recruiting firm as well as, you know, she's a digital marketer in her own right too. But 
she was asking me, she's like, oh man, how am I going to go and find more clients? I'm like, you need to do what I'm teaching people in my program. <laughs> Naturally, like husband, wife, there's the dynamics. She's like, ah, yeah, whatever. But I was like, you know, honey, listen to me though for a second. If you unapologetically show up trying to connect with your perfect clients, knowing that some of them are going to respond and say, yeah, you know what? I'm super busy because we just laid off 50 people in our company and it's very insensitive of you to offer your services at this time. If you hear that response, which I guarantee you, you will get and you stop because you do feel insensitive, you will never meet the goals that you're trying to reach. Because for every one of those, you're going to get one out of 10 that's going to go, oh, Sharmila, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Uh, we were just thinking about how are we going to go and replace these people that we had to fire that ended up going and getting hired by another company. Now we're left trying to fill these seats. You just don't know, right? So we can't take on what other people are feeling. Again, this is all mindset, right? It's constant daily work around self-worth. <laughs> it really is. And not taking things personally. Trevor, you've been, you've been around LinkedIn for a long time. You've seen many things and I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of mistakes people making. And even though you're teaching them not to do it, still they do it. What would be the, the biggest mistakes you see out there people making on LinkedIn? Uh, just simply using mass marketing strategies and not monitoring the comments and engaging with people that are willing to engage with you. You know, we're, we're all looking for scalable solutions because that's what the marketers of the world have been telling us for 10 years, right? There's always the next hack and the trick and this and the push button thing that'll like massively increase your lead flow and get 20 appointments booked within the next week. When the truth is, you know, and I'm a, you know, very vocal about this stuff. But like, if you got me on 20 phone calls using some automation tool this week, whoever set that up, I'd want to strangle them because I don't got time hopping on 20 phone calls with people who don't know who I am, who don't know what I do, how I can help them. And I got to spend the first 15 minutes of that call explaining that and basically feeling like I have to convince them that I'm good enough to be on that call with them. That's painful to me. And I think everybody listening to this can agree. <laughs> so that's the downside of trying to automate and scale everything and not going deep because we got to remember that our best marketing tool is our ability to listen. So if you, if you ask good questions, you get good feedback, you'll find that you can actually tailor your, tailor your offer and your price points even um, based on what people need and what they're willing to pay for the expertise you could bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really good, Trevor. One one of the one of the uh, last questions which I wanted to ask you: uh, Do you have anyone anyone out there like a uh, I, I I kind of call it LinkedIn guru or, or maybe not really LinkedIn guru, but do you have somebody who who you really look up to, or maybe you when you when you were you know doing things before uh, you were looking up to as a as a role model or example uh, of of a really good. Uh, strategy on LinkedIn or, or, or on the marketing as such? Yeah. Well, I have some mentors and friends in the industry that I've worked with and that I've you know, collaborated with over the last few years. And really, you know, what the one guy that comes to mind is somebody that I, I hired as a coach two years ago. His name's Scott Oldford. Uh, for those of you that don't know Scott, go look him up. He's, um, he's a marketer that really is 
a specialist, like really good at understanding human psychology, like the way that people think, the way that they make buying decisions, the things that we can do from a marketing perspective to help guide a person down the journey to ultimately get them to where we want them to be, but without having to force that, um, that outcome, right? And it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around this. When I first hired him, I was like, I see how this guy is showing up every day and creating content and engaging with me. And, and, you know, he'd create a piece of call. I would do a call with him, like, you know, a year before we work together and we talk about stuff and I'm sure I, on his end, he's listening to, to hear me see all these limiting beliefs and all these things of like why I can't do something and not becoming a client to his. And then I'd see his content and I was like, this guy's talking to me. Like, I swear he's taking what we had as a conversation and he just created content on that. And it was constant. Right. And then eventually I was like, man, I need to hire you because I need to figure out what you're doing. And it wasn't that complicated. It was what we just said. It was like, listen to what people are saying, break down exactly what they mean when they say what they say, because a lot of times it's not real. Like people will make up excuses and fear-based, you know, statements that aren't real. It's like they want a desired outcome. They say that something is certain when it's not because other people are, are proving that it's not. And then create content around that. So that's what I try and do now is it's not a LinkedIn thing. It's just a, a how do we create content that psychologically gets into the brains of people and says, that person's speaking directly to me. That's good marketing. And it is something that you can learn how to do. I know it's kind of intimidating for people a lot of times because I'm sure you run into this too when you say, you should be creating videos. And they're like, what am I even going to talk about? You know, where do I start? Like, do I talk about myself? Do I talk about my method? Do I talk? And the answer is you need to just listen to what your clients are saying and then create content using storytelling from your own personal experiences so that it resonates with them. As soon as you can get them to do that, like consume that, now they'll listen to what you actually have to say. They'll listen to your process. They'll listen to your proven solution. Anything previous to that is just noise. Nobody wants to hear it because everybody's selling ultimately the same thing. Like how innovative can you be in business? <laughs> really? Like you just, you need a better way to connect with people on a human level. So that's the biggest thing that I've learned and what I've sought out in mentors myself. Mm -hmm. We've come uh, almost to the end of this podcast and uh, my very last question would be um, circling back to LinkedIn. Many times when, when we talk to, uh, to people around us, friends, and uh, they, they ask, you know, okay, I, I'm hearing about the LinkedIn and the things and I know it's, it's a great platform, but what is in it for me? I mean, why should I be on it? I know it's, it's kind of basic question, but uh, what would be your answer to this? Well, at its very simplest, I think everybody understands the value of building a list, right? We hear that all the time. It's like, you got to build a list. The fortune is in the list. And most times we think of email, right? So it's like build an email list and like, let's not sugarcoat it. Link, email is still probably the most effective marketing tool that we all have. Like it is, it's what people are on every day. It's what they consume. They click through on things, but you have to build pieces in order to capture emails that are warm, that people actually want to receive your email communication. So when you talk about building an email list, you need a landing page, you need an email software, you need something of value to give away. You got to market that thing. People have to opt in for it. Then you can start emailing. 
With LinkedIn, as you build your network, you're building a list. You have the ability to message people directly. It's the same thing that you're trying to accomplish in building a list. So to me, it's a no brainer for people to focus on LinkedIn because number one, their next client is definitely there because the, just the sheer volume of people that are on LinkedIn and the activity of how many people are engaged on it now, especially now. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's within your power without having to have a landing page and a, and a lead magnet and all of these things that you need to build to actually go and build that list. And now you can message people directly into their inbox. Like what else, what else is there that's like that? I can't think of anything that's like that aside from other social platforms. But, you know, when you see people doing it on Facebook, they're like, I don't use Facebook. I don't use Facebook at all anymore. I actually like dropped it like three months ago because I was like, ah, oh, can't handle this anymore. The, the political news and everything else on there and just the mix between the personal and the business and stuff, I just, I just didn't feel alignment with it. So I just left it behind. Um, LinkedIn is where people are to level their skill set up and um, advance their careers or advance their business. So leverage it, <laughs> jump on this thing and justify your time in using it. Awesome. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. I think we, we could have carry on for, or we could, we could easily carry on for another, another couple of hours, I guess, uh, talking about videos and LinkedIn and all that, all that stuff. But um, obviously we have to stop somewhere. Um, Trevor, just uh, f uh, as a matter of fact, where can people find you if, if they want to, if they want to reach out, um, where, where can you be found? Yeah, just go to expertselling.com is, is our, our website that has information on all of the stuff that we talked about here today. And then, you know, my personal site is just trevorturnbull.com. And then, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me that you heard me on this podcast as well. That starts our engagement of the conversation because I know that if you heard this, I know exactly what you heard and we can actually have a conversation around where your current reality and, and understanding is as to what you should be doing next. So it's awesome. Like, you know, you reaching out to me too, even in, in doing this podcast, like we are proving that what we do on a daily basis works, right? It opens opportunities to have good conversations. It allows us to create content. Like when you create this content and you chop it up, and you share it and you app mentioned me, I'm gonna share it to my network. Like this is the beautiful part about, about doing this and just being proactive. So it's been a pleasure, it's been lots of fun. Yeah, and um, I, I can't wait to have you for the episode two uh, or, or the second, <laughs> yeah. second part because we need to definitely come back to it. Uh, um, we have still a lot of things to, to talk about. Anyway, Trevor, uh, it absolutely. was absolute pleasure um, talking to you. Thank you very much once again for um, for uh, chatting with you. And I hope uh, that uh, all of our listeners got a really a great value because uh, what, you, what you're doing is, is fantastic and I really love it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart.